Monday, 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 it's a rock and roll rock fest with the swear wolves. Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Uh, guys, what? Hello. It's almost a new decade. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> she in hell, 2019. Look, new year, same old shit. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. But this is the last Swearwolves podcast ever, ever of all time. We're very sorry. <laughs> hate to break it to you this way yeah that's it yeah david can't do it anymore uh alan said he's done so i'm sorry everybody <laughs> just kidding <laughs> you should be so fucking lucky you dumbasses <laughs> <laughs> we like this so uh and we Sometimes. hate you so like <laughs> my ball sack <laughs> And do this no, forever. this is the last Sora was podcast of this decade. Wow. A new decade will be starting in two days. We've been doing this show for a decade. <laughs> well, we haven't, but we're, we're going into the uh, we're starting the 2020s, the, the roaring 20s, the roaring 20s. We're going to be doing the Charleston. Get a fucking flapper dress. Holy we're shit. all going to get into a fucking telephone booth. Yeah. <laughs> Start doing the jitterbug. I'm going to do that thing with the yeah. knees and the hands. <laughs> the, the only difference is. Is, is we'll be capturing it for social media like a bunch of fucking jackasses. So. And we're going to start doing the mid-Atlantic yeah, accent. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, Swearwolves podcast, eh? Yeah, right. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a real rootin' tootin' good time, folks. <laughs> could you Talk imagine Jimmy Stewart? Could you imagine having fucking <laughs> technology back in the 20s just blow their fucking minds? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to close out the teens and enter the 20s but we're going to close out the teens with a with a banger mhm old dick clark rocking new year's eve rocking shit new, i was going to sing rocking around the christmas tree but i guess we could <laughs> still do that the christmas week. tree's still up yeah. yeah it's still up yeah rocking around the christmas tree dick clark mhm Remember when they used to wheel out Dick Clark towards the end? <laughs> oh, my Fucking God. Parade him about. Yeah, it was like oh. Seacrest. He's like, all right, I'm Brian Seacrest. Uh, Dick, Dick Clark. Dick Clark's here. And he's all, oh. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> want some more, want some more applesauce, Dick? <laughs> oh. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> that sounds like Tom Brokaw. Thank you, Ryan. Thirty-second left in the. Actually, it just turned the New Year, Dick. Uh, it took you five minutes to say that sentence. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, Dick Clark. 
Oh, God dick. bless them. You guys God. are going to hell. Yeah, probably. Hey, at least I'll have some friends. Yep. <laughs> and I'll make the devil laugh. <laughs> He's like, ah, good one. Now suck my devil dick. <laughs> <You're> like, ah. <laughs> well, <sighs> all right. I guess. <laughs> no, oh, oh. <laughs> rules is rules. <laughs> Shit. I'm like, wait a second. You didn't hear my Dick Clark impression, did you? Do you want to hear my Jimmy Stewart? He's like, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard you, Jimmy Stewart. Like, well, he's a fucking asshole too. <laughs> oh, David, you picked these uh, movies to close. <laughs> David, you picked these movies. I should have been a game show host. I did. Good transitions. Yeah. yeah. Way to redirect. <laughs> uh, David, you picked these movies for this week, and uh, you wanted to go with a theme. I did. So I wanted to go with kind of a rock and roll theme. One for rock and roll. Oh yeah, yeah, playing all your favorite hits. Coming at you live. How's your morning commute? There's a very fine line between the morning zoo DJ and the strip club DJ because it's like, all right, we got uh, Van Halen coming up at the top of the hour at 69 degrees. Coming at you on your ride to work at 719, and then you got. There's candy up on the pole. Everybody get your dollar bills out. <laughs> Give it up for candy. I pull out like the ever so rare. Jasmine, two, you're on two dollar bill. Like, I got twos. Yeah. Like, what is this? It's got the signing of the Declaration of Independence or something on the back. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's got it does. Some, it does. some sort of artwork. Is it? Yeah, because it's it's Thomas Jefferson on oh the God. two dollar bill, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. He authored the declaration of strip club and you you gave two dollar bills like is that classy like that's classy. i think it would i think they would think it's fake <laughs> what is this <laughs> there's no such thing there's no such thing as a two dollar bill it would be seven 1976 who was even alive in 1976 <laughs> it would be a nice conversation starter but they're still printing them <laughs> no no they don't print two dollar bills anymore yeah they do Mm-mm. are you sure mm-hmm I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not betting on this. I'm one hundred percent. I'm pretty sure that they don't. I will let David suck my dick. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> That's gonna be a hard pass. <laughs> I appreciate the offer, but He's it's googling. Look at Alan, the one hand man, one handed googler. It's <laughs> his nickname. They don't still make them. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Issued 1976 to present. Oh, shit. No, are they still printing them? Yes, they're still printing No, them. it says they're issued. Am I sucking your dick or are you sucking mine? <laughs> You're sucking mine. Oh, well, either Speaking way. Speaking of suck. Oh, <laughs> oh transition. Yeah, uh, got it. <laughs> oh, Coming at you. Mm, I set them up, you knock them down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went with this theme because, uh, yeah, I wanted to end it kind of like on a rock and roll kind of theme hidden into the new year yeah yeah they're still printing them years of printing <laughs> fake news all right so <laughs> suck came 18, out 1862 to 1966 and then 1976 to present they're still printing them they took 10 years off lazy bastards yeah, they're like fuck these two dollar bills they're not printing them yes they are and because the two dollar bills printed by the bureau of engraving and printing in in 2019 will be enough currency to last for several years. The Federal Reserve Board did not order any more printing. But those aren't real $2. In 2020. Oh, well, then I guess they're fake. <laughs> this podcast is now about history. I'm sorry. All right. So the movie Suck. Had you seen this movie before? I had seen this movie okay. before. Have you seen it? Well, I, I have now. I have not. I've, well, yeah, I've been, I have you now. had yeah. not, yeah. Yeah, I had not seen it. Uh, it came out in 2009. Uh, to go along with your rock and roll theme, this is kind of a... Um, 
I don't want to say it's a musical, but it's I, a dark comedy and it's well, a horror. It's a music, it, not a musical per se, but there's lots of music in it and there's performances and there is a lot of like that. kind of music. It's not a traditional kind of musical. No. no, 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 no. And it's not a rock opera because I don't think the music in the movie advances the story. And that's what I always look for when I look when I look for I don't look for musicals. Um, but in musicals, usually the songs advance the story. The songs in this were part of the story, but they weren't advancing the story so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't classify it as a traditional musical, but it definitely is very heavily music inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written and directed by... I was just waiting for that car to go by. <laughs> it was written and directed by Rob Stefaniu? Stefaniuk? Something like that. Sure, he's Canadian. He's Canadian, eh? <laughs> eh? Um, it also stars him. He plays the main character of Joey. Yeah. Uh, we got Jessica Paré as Jennifer. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, as Eddie Van Helsing. Eddie Van Helsing. <laughs> and Dimitri Coates as Queenie. We also have some... Special appearances by the following. Alice Cooper. Iggy Pop. I know one of Alan's favorites. Uh, Dave Foley mm-hmm. from Kids in the Hall and News Radio. Henry Rollins, another Alan favorite. I, I mean, everybody likes Henry Rollins. Uh, Moby. Not everybody likes Moby. <laughs> um, <laughs> no shit. Alex. Le- is it? Lifeson. Lifeson. from uh, Rush. Yeah, he's from Rush. Carol Pope. Who I I didn't know who she was, uh, but looking her up, I guess she was big in like kind of like I guess like the punk scene or like the S and M. Yeah, she was one of the first she was a new wave lesbian yeah. performers. Yeah. She was a in the, in the punk new scene, wave artist and post punk. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Calico Cooper, who is uh, Alice, Alice Cooper's, Cooper's daughter. daughter. Did you already say Alice Cooper? I've never seen Alice Cooper. No, I said, did you already say him? Yeah, I did say oh, okay. him. Oh, you I haven't seen yeah, Alice so Cooper. Live? No. No? No, he lives in our town. He does. He is a Phoenix resident. Yeah. Um, He plays a lot of golf. He plays a lot of golf. I've seen him a few times. He puts on a good show still. uh, Have you played the pinball? Yeah. Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle? Have you played it? Yeah, Kent has one. Is Is it it, it, good? good? It's pretty fun. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's fun. I have not played it. I I haven't played it either. Tell Kent we're coming over. You know, right now, call him. A lot of <laughs> tell them that two dollar bills haven't been made since. <laughs> tell them we got two bucks for them. <laughs> well, each so four dollars. Kent, Kent would know too, doesn't he? Like, well, yeah, yeah. Kent's a, believe me, coin, he would know. I dealer. mean, even even I fucking know they still make two dollar bills. Only because Kent told you. Well, that. I guess I'm a fucking moron, aren't I, Alan? Well, I have one. Oh, do you? I have one. Well, good from not too long ago, from a few years ago that I found in a book. I found it in a book and I was like, okay, cool. I got a bunch. I still my, grandma, have my grandma gave them. Yeah, they still you know, make them. You know what I was thinking? Well, I wasn't. Are you sure they still make them? You should look that up. Yeah, you yeah. should look <laughs> um, I wasn't thinking of this, but now that I am thinking of it, silver notes. Like silver certificates? Silver certificates. Oh, you want to hold hands? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, will they or won't they relationship finally comes to fruition? <laughs> it's like we're like Ross and Ross and Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Who's Rachel? She always says this is more of Joey and Chandler. Mm. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, silver certificates. They stopped making those. That's what I'm going to say. I was thinking of. Oh right. <laughs> Edit that in. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of silver certificates. Oh. <laughs> All right, so the movies suck. 
Uh, it's about this band. They're kind of like just a rock band, like pop rock, I guess you would there's call a, them. Yeah, there's the rock band. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with uh, Jesus and Mary Chain? I mean, I've heard of them. This band sounds just like the Jesus and Mary Chain. Oh, really? Quite a bit, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's the... I mean, I know the Jesus and Mary Chain, but what's the biggest like hit? Sing it for me right now. Play it. Where's your guitar? <laughs> I don't know if they really had a mainstream hit that they I did because I remember them um, and I wasn't like I was listening to the, like the fucking Bee Gees when in the 1990s. You guys like I was always two decades is, behind. But I would say if you haven't heard of them, um, if you listen to the album called Honey's Dead, which is from I think 1990, that album reminds me a lot of the music that's in this movie. But they've been around since like the early 80s. So it's it's definitely rock. But it's not like it's just modern rock yeah. music. That's all it is. Yeah, you know, it's nothing really any anything special really. But I thought the I thought the music got better as it went along. Like when they became vampires. Yeah, I thought the music got better, and I think that was the intent of the film. The music didn't bother me. It didn't uh, bother me, right? and it wasn't. And it wasn't like it wasn't something terrible. Spectacular. No, actually, like there's a couple of songs in the movie I actually like quite a bit. Yeah. Um. And I guess we can talk about that. Um. But the music was better when they were vampires. Yeah. Like the actual like so the writer and director of the film. Like, I think that was also, the intention. Like wrote the music. They played yeah. the music. Uh. But then there's a bunch of other songs by other bands. So like the the one vampire, um, is in Dimitri. Band, uh, yeah, Dimitri. He's from a band called Coates, Burning Brides. Yeah. Uh, I saw Burning Brides open for Queens of the Stone Age back in like 2003 mm-hmm. at like a pretty small venue in Phoenix. It was a pretty cool show. Well, he is an American. Uh, Dimitri Coates is an American, which is weird because he's got the most non-American yeah, name, from and Pittsburgh? everybody else is not American. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, everybody else is pretty much Canadian. Um, so let's. I'm gonna. I want to briefly synopsize this movie because there isn't a lot to it. No. And then we can talk about some highlights that we want to talk about. So the movie is about this band that is touring, uh, going from town to town, doing small venues, and they're really not that successful. Uh, the The female member of the band is the bassist, yeah. and she gets uh, seduced by a vampire by the name of Queenie. <laughs> He was such a shitty looking vampire. Dude. Oh, I thought he was great. He I was thought he was like, cool. <laughs> I thought he was a cross between like but um, even the other Stott but and even, the Mad Hatter from uh, oh, yeah, Johnny Depp's, Johnny Depp's Mad, Mad Hatter. You're right. That's but even good. the band was like, like they thought he was a junkie. Like, yeah. That dude's like, shady. Yeah. He was a douche. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, she gets seduced by him. She gets uh, turned into a, a vampire. Kind of hilarity ensues. Like she still tours with the band. They go to their next show. They know something's wrong with. Something's um, up. They th- they initially suspect drugs, but yeah. they're not exactly sure. She <laughs> kind of starts killing people, and then they got a roadie guy who like, Hugo Hugo who kind of helps cover things up because she basically threatens him. Yep, he helps cover things up for a little while, but then she kills he's Moby. Kind of, he's kind of the Renfield character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Yeah. She. Uh, Oh yeah, the Moby. <laughs> she kills Moby. Who's and I like how Moby's a total asshole in this movie. I mean, and he's and not he's, playing um, himself. And he's like all into like meat. Yeah, because Mo- Moby's, Moby's a vegan. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she uh, she kills Moby. Then the rest of the band finds out. Then the guitarist wants to be turned into a vampire. She does. The drummer wants to be turned into a vampire. He gets changed into a vampire. And when they find out she's a vampire, they kind of set ground rules. Like rule number one, like. Don't, don't change. Don't, us don't into turn vampires. anyone into vampires. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but sure enough, she does. Yeah. Um, they meet up with Iggy Pop, who helps them like record a song. He's got a. He's not Iggy Pop in the movie, but it is Iggy Pop the person, and he helps them record a song. But then he gives some advice to the lead singer. He's like, "You don't want to be a vampire." Get rid of her. <laughs> like he's like yeah. very matter yeah. of fact. No like, good. I've been around. I've got a lust for life. I've been <laughs> I love, around. I love lust how Iggy Pop was basically just playing Iggy Pop. Lust for life. But I, I love how he said he tells the guy he's like, "You're not a hack. You're a poser, wanker, dick." Yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has a couple good lines. I'm saying not to get ahead of ourselves. I thought Iggy Pop was really good in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah it was great. Um. So they all. Even the lead singer succumbs. Yeah. Uh, he has visions of Alice Cooper kind of tempting him. And then he succumbs and turns into a vampire. They become hugely famous. Yep. Malcolm McDowell, Eddie, uh, Edward, or Eddie Van Helsing, excuse me, has been hunting down Dimitri or Queenie. <laughs> he was funny as like that old timer Van With Helsing With the eye patch character. and the glasses. And he's been, <laughs> he's been hunting down Queenie for a long time because Queenie turned or killed his girlfriend, his girlfriend years ago. She was a singer. That flashback scene's really cool. So like they yeah. cut footage from a different film. So it is Malcolm McDowell as a young man. I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Van Helsing gets in touch with the band and, and he basically convinces them like, Hey, we got to end this. And if I, I can turn you back to humans, everything can be okay. If we just kill Queenie, they go back to Queenie's place, kill him. I mean, through a series of events, kill him. <laughs> they turn back into human. And then they don't like the fact that they're human. Cause it's like a year later and they're like wearing, they're wearing Argyle like, sweaters. Yeah, matching Argyle sweaters, very suburban life like, kind of thing. Like, Oh, we're going to go over to my parents and play charades today. <laughs> um, Alice Cooper comes to them and he's like, look, I can make you back into vampires. And they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, I mean that. I mean that's the basic story, but to me, and I'll, I'll give my thoughts on this. This movie was actually really enjoyable. I really liked it. I, I dug the music, and it almost had like a, a music video like sequences. Yep, which I really uh, appreciated, and I also appreciated the fact that the songs that they uh, included weren't jokey or hokey. Yeah, yeah. The they songs were, all were all originals, originals all the weren't so- they? Yeah, and the, the songs were all serious. Yeah, they weren't yeah. like comical. Mm-hmm. Although this was a comedy movie, it's not really my type of music, per se. Like, it's not something that I'm going to be like, oh, I want to l- listen to that soundtrack. But at the same time, it wasn't anything that I hate. There were definitely some funny moments. And despite the fact that there were some cheesy or, or easy jokes mm-hmm. that they used at times, like, mm-hmm. for instance, Eddie Van Helsing. Like I thought was really cheesy. Um, there was some good jokes. Uh, Hugo was my favorite character. Hugo's great, and yeah. I love that he calls himself Hugo. Yeah, he's always referring to himself in the third person. <laughs> he had some of the best bits. Uh, there wasn't much to the story, as we've already related, and it was almost like a comedy group wrote this. Yeah, but they just so happened to all be able to play instruments, and so they were like, "Hey, we can start a band and make a comedy group." Um, so it's kind of, to me, it's like a horror musical version of like super troopers because if you've ever seen that movie, yeah. super troopers, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, it was a comedy group and they just did a bunch of bits. Right. Um, it was polished looking. It was very polished looking, but at the same time it had an eighties feel to it. 
if that makes sense. Like the story, like it was not, not the music wasn't 80s. The setting wasn't 80s, but it had this like 80s romp to it. Yeah, because it's like a road trip movie. Yeah. A band movie. Um, vampires. To your point earlier, I also like how they included the old footage, footage of Malcolm McDowell for the yeah, flashback cool. sequences. So for me, personally, it gets three out of five. Mm. Pamela Voorhees heads. Alan, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I thought this movie was fun. There's nothing that really stood out to me too much. I did enjoy some of the rock and roll references. Like they they referenced Abbey Road. They referenced oh, oh yeah, yeah they the did, Who. Uh, uh, the kids are all right. Like, yeah, they a bunch did the of, like, kids of all, the kids are all right album cover by the yep. Who, where they're you know they're in the Union Jack flag and they they did Born in the USA. Oh, yep. at the customs. Yep. yep. Um, I thought uh, Alex Lifeson was his character was pretty pretty funny the customs agent the canadian border um i love that they use robert johnson's crossroads i love robert johnson he's one of the greatest artists blues genre and um, guitarist he started he was a great guitarist too but mm-hmm. he, he wasn't very you know he was an old blues guitarist but um i love that they you ever see that, that movie crossroads I with have. ralph macchio yeah i think that's stevie ray vaughn doing his guitar parts probably oh, that's cool um did you ever see that movie no hmm. Yeah, it's a good movie. I want to now. Um, but no, this it was it was fun. Like there was nothing really like laugh out loud. Like there were some funny moments, but you know, like they're kind of few and far in between. A lot of it was just predictable. You know, it's just you know, you just knew that they were all going to become vampires. You knew like when people were going to die and stuff like that. So there, it was it wasn't really anything like anything really special or anything like really. Um, surprising or fresh like you kind of just knew what was going to happen but it was fun um i give it two and a half it's fun cool david uh yeah i like this movie so i've seen it a few times um i think it's probably my third time i own this movie so obviously i like it um i i agree with some of the criticism so the movie is this is more of a comedy like nothing scary in this movie happens so the horror element is toned way way down so this is a good movie if you have friends that aren't horror fans yeah but you kind of are in the mood for horror this is kind of a crowd pleaser um this is a movie like my wife enjoys if i'm watching it she's watched a couple times with me um i thought all of the musicians that were in the movie all did a really good job I didn't feel like any of them felt like bad actors. Well, like, yeah, and they were all the actual. Oh, do you mean the musicians who were just acting, or the? Yeah, I mean the actual, actors who were playing instruments. The musicians who were playing other characters. So like I thought, Alice, like Cooper, Henry Rollins, Henry Rollins, Alice Cooper, Iggy Pop. Like okay. I thought, all of them actually did a really good job. Like none of them felt like, oh, let's shoehorn this person in the movie and watch him be really, uh, really shitty actor. Well, mm-hmm. one thing that I also enjoyed was the fact that the people that were playing musicians, it l- looked. And I'm sh- I'm sure they did play their own instruments. They did. Yeah. So it was like it was like an actual band. It was yep. like it was like the monkeys. Yeah. And I already <laughs> mentioned um, the Jesus and Mary chain uh, comparison. If anybody wants to like a great example is listen to the song on this uh, soundtrack for this movie called uh, "This Is Your Brain on Drugs." That's a good song. And then listen to a song called "Catch Fire." By Jesus and Mary Chain, and they're very very similar. Melodies are similar, like similar effects, like. I remember the This Is Your Brain on Drugs song, and I actually like that song. That song was really good. <clears throat> there was another one called, like, Bite Me? Was it called Bite Me? I can't remember. Was that the one the girl sang? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Anyway. Um, the other thing I really like about this movie is it's such a simple story. Yeah. Um, 
But this movie is an analogy about selling out. Like yep. this whole movie is about selling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, as a musician myself, it's that's something I that you wish you could sell out. Maybe, or if you're, or like that thing, like if you were ever in the position to sell it, everybody's like, oh, I would never sell it. It's like if it was right in front of you, would you do it? Heartbeat. And I think most people would. And I think if you say that you wouldn't, I think most people are kidding themselves. Yep. And then even at the end, like when given the choice of like doing it all again, they're like, yeah, I'm going to do it again. Yep. Um, I thought that was interesting. And even from our, our podcast, you know, you and I, uh, all three of us, we've discussed a few times, like things that we could do that would probably get us more attention and that we've made the choice to not do some of those things. You know, as I watched it, I felt a little bit of pride. Not to say that we won't ever do any of those things. <laughs> we might. Uh, yeah. But to this point, we've we've kind of resisted well, uh, I think, that, some of that temptation. And I think to kind of expand upon what you're saying there to let the audience in on this is like we've seen other podcasts or other social media people that we follow, not necessarily podcasts. We've seen them change over time. Mm-hmm. And the change is just, or it appears to be just to get yeah, viewers or likes. Attention. Yeah. And it's like, what? where's the line drawn? And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but for us, it's like, where's our personal line? It's like, are we going to do X just to get Y? Yeah. And I'll just do what I want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I know that's Alan's yeah, point of view. Yeah. And, uh, you know, David and I have talked about it. Alan, David and I have talked about it. And it's like, well, you know, what are we going to do? But I will guarantee you this. If tomorrow someone came to us and was like, hey, Swearwolves, I got a deal for you, see? I'd be like, <laughs> did you do, did you do the voice like, hi, Swearwolves, I got a deal for you. You guys want $10 million for your name? All yes. You, all you got to do is say Nestle Quick three times in every episode. Like, all right, all right. And I drink Nestle Quick. What kind of toothpaste do you guys use? Colgate. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Doritos. Or Crest. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> what, 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 what kind do I, I, I use? Arm and Hammer? Fucking Pepsodent. <laughs> Pepsodent. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would I, sell out I did, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. And I, I thought that was kind of a cool thing that this movie uh, played. Uh, it was kind of that backdrop of this movie you know, really being about selling out. Yeah. So overall, I enjoy this film. Um, I give it three. Mm. So that averages just below a three. I don't know. Someone doesn't have their calculator out because they're two, not prepared. It's, right. it's a 2.83. <laughs> 2.83, yeah. uh, which seems about right for this movie. Um, I would definitely recommend it to people to watch. Um, it's a fun movie. I think, yes, there are some cheesy jokes, but ultimately, I think the funny, the humor outweighs the cheese. Um, and I think the songs, like I said, I don't, I don't think they dumbed the songs down Mm-mm. to appease uh, a comedic audience. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I actually like that. And uh, the songs were great. The one, one of the things, and just to go back a little bit, the first time we see Queenie, um, Dimitri Coates, and he sings his song. And there's that whole Mad Hatter, like he's staring into the camera and it goes back <laughs> yeah, and, and forth. Yeah, and the camera's doing like the, that 70s show yeah, thing yeah, where they're yeah, all yeah. like stoned. Yeah. yeah. I really liked that whole scene. Yeah. And that was like one of the first scenes in the movie. That song's cool. That's called Flesh and Bone and that's on one of uh, Burning Bride's albums. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, So I really like that. Okay, we're going to move on 
There was another movie that came out uh, in 2015. It's called Green Room, written and directed by Jeremy Solnier. That's how you pronounce it. I think so. Very good. (laughs) Thank you. I did my homework. He's done a couple of other uh, movies within the same genre. He did a movie called Murder Party uh, from 2007. And then he did a couple thrillers called uh, Blue Ruin and Hold the Dark um, from 2013, 2018, respectively. Uh, This movie, Green Room, stars Anton Yelchin as Pat, R.I.P. That's not his name, Pat, R.I.P. His name is Pat. Anton Yelchin (laughs) has passed away. Uh, One of the most sad deaths ever (laughs) that I've heard of. Just awful. Do you know how that guy died, Alan? How did he die? He got crushed by his own car. Yeah, Son so like he bitch. parked his Jeep, right? And he went to open like the gate to his mansion or his house or something, right? Yeah. And as he was standing there, like unlocking the gate or whatever, his Jeep rolled down and the yeah. parking lot di- or the parking brake disengaged and Ugh. crushed him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on to happier things. Anton Yelchin plays Pat. Uh, Aaliyah Shawcat plays Sam. She was maybe from Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean, maybe? Her name was Maybe. Oh, okay. in the that, show. That show. I thought you were saying like she was Maybe. One from of my Rose favorite shows ever. And she's one of my favorite characters. No, so she plays. She's fantastic. Uh, she plays the daughter of Portia de Rossi. Yeah, I couldn't David remember Cross. her name from the show, but I was like, Maybe yeah. she is from that show. Yeah. <laughs> no, she is from the show, and her name is Maybe. Maybe. Um, t- she's Tobias Funke's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> Tobias Funke. Uh, he's a never nude. Uh, there are dozens of us. I seen. I've met David Cross. Really? Yeah, I got his autograph. That's awesome. Mm. And uh, Bob Odenkirk. I saw him on a plane. That's cool. I didn't approach him because I was like, "Oh, he's flying back home. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll uh, leave him be. I'll leave him be." But uh, uh, David Cross, I saw perform and then met him afterwards. Him and uh, Pat Oswald. Oh, cool. And um, he was in Devil's Rejects. Um, oh, um, shit. Brian Posehn. Yeah. Brian Posehn. Uh, this was back in the 2004 election. Wow. Uh, they were doing a comedy show down here in, in the Valley yeah. uh, to get people to register to vote. Um, it was like, get out and vote type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they did a show together. And was it, it the uh, Comedians of Comedy Tour? No, no, it was way before that. It was before that. And I think it was way before that. Might have been right around the same time, but it wasn't that tour. Hmm. But uh, they uh, they performed two- at Dodge Theater. Is that the theater in the round? Now it's called Comer. Oh no, that's uh, um, they keep changing the fucking names oh, the of these venues. One. Which one? Celebrity is? Theater. Celebrity Theater. Celebrity which theater. oddly enough, Pat Oswald is playing there tomorrow night. Oh well, if you're listening to the podcast, he played there. He played there. Played there a couple, there a couple weeks, weeks ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Sorry, everyone. Yeah, they, he played there on December fourteenth. You know, he might actually be there tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He's. he's well, I saw him. He was. This was before. Um, well, you know, tragic story that happened to him. His wife actually passed mm-hmm. away. But it was before he was married to her, and I think she kind of toned him down a little bit. But he was kind of a dick, and he was like hmm. drunk, and he was being a. He was trying. Wow. He was being like, I'm Pat Oswald, and everybody was like, Yeah, you're so cool. And I was like, Hey, can you sign this for me? He's like, Fuck you. And Fuck I'm like, you. I was in Ratatouille. Yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> this is before that. But yes. <laughs> but Brian Posehn, nicest guy in the world. He seems and cool. then I made an ass. I love Bob Odenkirk and David Cross's show, um, Mr. Show mm-hmm. on HBO. And I made the biggest ass of myself in front of David Cross. Oh, no. But he was cool about What'd it. You he, do? So he was walking away. 
And I was like, oh shit, I'm yeah. not, I got to go catch him yeah. to get yeah, his autograph yeah. or whatever. So I ran up to him and I'm like, uh, Mr. Cross, Mr. Cross. And he turned around and he kind of looked at me and I go, we signed this for me. And he's just like, okay. And he like signed it. Right. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. <laughs> and like, he kept walking and I went back up and that's when I was talking to Brian Posehn. Brian Posehn was really cool. He included me in on the conversation. Like he didn't have to, right? All of a sudden, David Cross comes up. He was just going to get like more beer. Like he was coming back. And that's yeah. why he was like confused. Like, why'd you chase me down? Like I'm coming <laughs> right back. And so I was like, oh God, I'm such a dick. But um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like I showed him my balls or something like that. It wasn't like too embarrassing. <laughs> it makes you feel better. I once embarrassed myself in front of Seth Green. Oh yeah? Yeah. So I was, this was at like San Diego Comic-Con, uh-huh. like probably 2010 or something. Uh-huh. And I was there with uh, Mike, who you guys know, and uh, Mike saw him. He was like, dude, that's Seth Green right there. And I was like, no. And I was like, where? And he's like, he's right there. And I was like, where? I don't see him. He's like, he's right there. And I was like, I don't see him. And he goes, dude, he's right there. And he points. And like, I turned her like, and then as soon as he did it, uh, Seth Green turns around and sees Mike pointing at him. And then just mockingly points back at him. And Mike was so pissed. Like, dude, you made me look like an asshole in front of Seth Green. So now that I think about it, I actually embarrassed. You didn't embarrass I, him. I'm huh? fine. You embarrassed Seth, Mike. Seth Green thinks I'm cool as hell. Yeah. And my friend's an asshole. And Sorry. to be fair, Seth Green is super short. He so. was very small. He was hard to see. Very diminutive. <laughs> he's like, hey, he's, little guy. He's little like fella. four foot tall. You're he's adorable. Like, I just want to give you a noogie. Put you in my pocket. Hey, buddy. Um... Patrick Stewart's also in this movie. Yeah. He plays uh, Darcy. Um, He's also from Family Guy. <laughs> Patrick Stewart, obviously, great actor. Um, dead. Also, there's an actor in this movie by the name of David Thompson. I noticed that. Yeah, I heard that. He plays Tad. That's my name. <laughs> um, so he's he's good, the punk guy that interviews me. them, right? He's the radio guy who gets the, them Mohawk? The, the, the gig. Yeah. Yeah. So the the movie is a it's pretty easy to explain actually. It's a punk band that goes around in a van. They play shows. They don't have a whole lot of money. They're you know typical punk band. Just looking for gigs. They get uh, kind rec- of a last minute kind of gig. Yep. Yeah. They get this gig, and, and it, ta- it takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's in mm-hmm. Oregon, and uh, they get this last minute gig, and the gig is at a neo Nazi bar. Yep. They accept the gig. Yep. Now, it was interesting the way the events led up to that. So they're pissed off at the guy that interviewed them, and, and one of them gets a, like physically aggressive with him. And he's like, well, I got, I got another show. You guys. Do you think he set them up? No. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think he wanted to do right. Do you and think- No, and you know why I can say that? Yeah. Is because they took it upon themselves to play the song. Yeah. Yeah. That ultimate, well, and even the series of events was just kind of coincidental. But when they got there, it was already pretty fucking hostile. Yeah, but and, it was going to pay him what three hundred fifty bucks, and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds good." And and you had to have known, like that guy wasn't dumb. Like you had to have known, like he knew what kind of shit they did down at that fucking place. Yeah, well, and so when the guy got aggressive with him, I thought it was like, and he was like, "Well, you know, there's there is this place." And I think I think he was setting them up. Well, 
But they made the choice to sing the song that ultimately kind of tipped yeah, they, the edge. They like, played yeah. Nazi punks "Fuck Off" by Dead Kennedys. Sure, yeah. But he knew what kind of band they were. They weren't a fucking skinhead band. They weren't a fucking Nazi band. And he was setting them up at a no. fucking Nazi fucking camp. Maybe. However, they, ultimately, what happens to them isn't because of that. No, right. Ultimately, what happens to them is because they witness they witness a murder. the The aftermath of a murder. Yeah. That was just coincidental. Yeah. So maybe he set him up to be like, ah, fuck you. You're going to go play this and you're going to get chased out of there and they're not going to pay you. Yeah. But for them to get murdered. It didn't help matters. Or to get locked up <laughs> probably <laughs> uh, wasn't due to that guy. So, nah. yes. Uh, so we've already given away some of the plot. Uh, they go and play the show for Nazi skinheads. They play an anti-racist song. For a bunch of Nazi skinheads. They played Nazi punks fuck off by Dead Kennedys. Yep. Which is a, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was never a, a huge fan of Dead Kennedys. Like, I knew who they were. You know who I liked? Um, Dead Milkman. Oh, Did yeah. You listen to Dead yeah. Milkman? Yeah, absolutely. They were more funny, but like Big Green Lizard in my backyard. Like, Did you, they did Bitch and Camaro? Yeah, Bitch and Camaro. <laughs> um, I, punk bands, I love Fear. Also loved Violent Femmes. Yeah, Fear's a great band. Violent Femmes is great. Um, For punk, uh, The Damned. The Damned, absolutely. Yeah. I love the conversation they have about Desert Island bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that too. And I also like that they don't... It's not all answered. Like, we never get uh, Pat's band, do we? Um, I don't think he ever says. I th- I think they refer... I. I think because of the song at the ending credits, credence. I think, I think it's it might be credence. Maybe. What's the what's the question? Like, if there was one band that you could listen to for the rest of your life on like a desert island, like, what would it be? A band you could take to a desert island. The Beatles. The Beatles for you. What about you, Dave? Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails. Black Your Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. Black Sabbath. Yeah. All Somebody right. in the band picks Sabbath too. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's well. What's his name? The guy says um, because he can have Ozzy and Dio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, but there's so much more to Black Sabbath than Ozzy and Dio. I love the Ian Gillen album. Do you like the song um, "Dio" by uh, Tenacious D? Have you ever heard that song? Dio Somebody told me about it for a long, long time. Dio was Ronnie you know, James Dio. He was in the movie uh, "Tenacious D" in the Pick of Destiny. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was. You know, there's always this debate between like Ozzy and Dio, like. Like fans are like, oh, Ozzy's better, Dio's better. You know, Dio was a better talent. Dio's a better singer. Dio's a better singer and a and he was a songwriter. Ozzy didn't write his songs. Geezer Butler did. But Ozzy was more of a presence. Yeah. Ozzy's Ozzy was more, more of a synonymous perf- with he was more of a performer. Yeah. But I they're they're the greatest band of all time, in my opinion. Well, well. They really are. I really like the Beatles. <laughs> I know that's I know that's probably like a typical like waspy you know answer. I've, I've never I like the Beatles. I've just never really gotten into them. Like I'll take the Stones, I'll take the Kinks, I'll take the Who. I love the Kinks, I love the Stones. I, I love the Who. But here's the thing about the Beatles that I would have to say and why I could listen to them is because their music really evolves from sixty five to oh, seventy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um if you look at albums like Revolver, Rubber Soul and uh, yeah. Abbey Road, White Album, and Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. The progression is... You can listen to those five albums, mm-hmm. and you can see such a progression yeah. in the music, and 
and definitely in the styles between John and Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, there's a Beatles song. You can hear it. Like besides knowing like, Oh, I know that voice is Paul versus John, the definite styles between yeah. the two and who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when George starts getting in the mix and he starts writing songs, you're like, Holy fuck. That's not John mm-hmm. or Paul. Oh shit. That's George. And he adds such another element to that it. That is, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That is always cool when you can hear like an evolution, like with yeah. bands. And for me, my favorite Beatles album is uh, Abbey Road. Yeah. And I can listen to that. That to especially, and I, I don't know, I never had the um, vinyl, but I'm sure it's probably side two yeah. um, of that album is very Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like Paul. Because Paul was very into the Beatles. Yeah. Paul was like, we got to do the Beatles. We got to do the Beatles. Yeah. The other guys were like, Ringo was like, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And Paul was like, don't play drums. <laughs> whatever you say, man. <laughs> and, then, and then George was off like playing sitar and John was off with Yoko. And um, Paul was very in the studio like every day. He was in the studio every day. Mm-hmm. So in that album, especially the second side, you can hear there's about 15 minutes of tracks mm-hmm. where it's like Paul and it's like song to song to song. And Paul definitely has a, like, I'm going to do this and then it's going to change mid song mm-hmm. and do another song because it's like unfinished yeah. songs. Yeah. Like if you've ever heard his solo work, um, like, uh, we're so sorry, uncle Albert, like it goes up and down cause it's like unfinished song, but then it transforms into another one. He has a lot of songs like that. But anyway, yeah. Dude, real it's, quick, it's just uh, awesome. It's Paul almost operatic. Um he did a, a, a collaboration with Dave Grohl a oh. few years back. Um and I just pulled it up. It's called Sound City, Real to Real. You guys heard that? No. He did a track uh, called Cut Me Some Slack with Dave oh, Grohl. They and, did that on SNL too. And Chris Novoselic. Yeah. And it is awesome. Like Paul yeah, I gotta listen to that. And he's like he's like kind of screaming like he's still yeah. got like he's a lot of got, power behind his vocals yeah they did it on snl I now think. if you listen to some of that old Pat smear was with them too yeah god it's like fucking nirvana came back together yeah, yeah. with paul it, mccartney it, it, that's yeah. fucking cool it really Cobain. yeah it really was um dude dave Grohl's the coolest guy on earth by the way i didn't know i'm the, glad you said that i didn't know the beatles were your favorite band yes wow i didn't know that um i'm glad you said that because foo fighters is up there these days by the way Foo Fighters, they're still, well, they, yeah. they're, and they still exist. And here's the thing that I like about Foo Fighters, that I love about Foo Fighters. First of all, it's Dave Grohl. Yeah. And it's like, if you go back to the first album, it's all Dave Grohl, mm-hmm. even even into the second album. But I was watching an interview with um, the drummer, Taylor... Um, Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins. Yep. And he was talking about, he wasn't the original drummer. Mm-hmm. The original drummer uh, left the band or got fired, whatever you want to say. Uh, because he couldn't handle the studio pressure. Like he couldn't, he was good on tour. Mm-hmm. On tour, songs are different every night. In the studio, it's got to be the same yeah. all the time. And this guy couldn't do it. And Grohl would be like on him. Like, no, you got to play it the same every time. And he would ultimately like step in and play it. Because mm. he's Dave fucking Grohl, yeah. right? The drummer to one of the most influential bands uh, of the 90s, if not yeah. of the past, <laughs> I don't know how many years. And he's awesome. And uh, so he ultimately left. Taylor Hawkins came in and Dave Grohl still played all the drums on the studio for the like first album and like half of the second album after Taylor Hawkins yeah. joined the band. But he learned so much from him. But he was talking about like how genius 
He is. And I've always thought this about him. Like Foo Fighters songs, despite the fact that Nirvana was so influential, I would take Foo Fighters over Nirvana. I know that's probably not a popular opinion, but if you look at well, yeah, and as a whole, too, is like if Nirvana was still around, would they be making uh, would their quality have dipped? And given the trajectory of most bands, probably, probably. But <laughs> but look at Foo Fighters songs, pretty solid compared to Nirvana songs. Mm-hmm. And one thing I like about Dave Grohl because he's a drummer first, but he's a really great guitar player. But he plays guitar like he's a drummer, and so like all their songs are very rhythmic. And he's also got that metal, yeah, rock voice. Yeah, you were talking about Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney back in the yeah, day, they got, he could they got belt similar, a song. They got similar vocal style. And he just seems like a good dude. Grohl? Yeah. yeah. And he was never like into drugs. No. He was never like... There was I, never like any like... Yeah. I met him briefly. Controversy. I met him briefly in like 2003, 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very briefly. But like he was super nice. And, yeah. I, and I didn't know what to do because I was kind of starstruck. I was like, hey, uh... I'll, I'll see you tonight at the show. And he was like, he pointed, he's like, not if I see you first. And I was like, oh. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I just walked away. It's funny what whenever people talk about the grunge era and Nirvana and like how much praise they get, like these same fucking critics put down Sabbath for the same exact guitar tuning. When really? They, when they first came out. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And all these grunge bands, like they all, they all credited Sabbath. Of course. A lot of the bands from the 90s were crediting bands from the 70s, Yeah, uh, these rock bands. And and basically what happened between the, the 70s and the 90s was we got stuck into a pop rut. Mm-hmm. Well, even Nirvana was like pretty open, like, hey, we ripped off the Pixies in the neck, so just FYI. Well, yeah. and also... And, and, the Melvins. And, uh-huh. and yeah. one thing about Nirvana, too, if you look at lyrically, like there's nothing complex about... Cobain's lyrics there's nothing complex about the songs they're very and and I don't want to say that Nirvana's great but they were right place right time I don't want to say that they're pop songs but they're very pop Mm -hmm. like they're very like catchy yeah um Mm -hmm. he was he was wonderful that's why In Utero is such a good album because like it was kind of the fuck you to all that I think when In Utero came out especially like with songs like Rape Me and and things like that that were more controversial friendly unit shifter and Tourette's and some (laughs) of the crazier stuff yeah Scentless Apprentice it's like those songs came out but still at the same time like he was a he was a lyricist oh yeah first and foremost he was Mm -hmm. a poet so he knew what was gonna catchy yeah um, musician, like, he wasn't a great guitarist. No, he was good. Yeah, enough serviceable. But um, you know, and 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 Dave Grohl was the musician of the band, I believe. Yeah, and I love even like uh, Anitra. Serve the servants is a great song. It's the first song on the album, and it's very uh, the song. Even lyrically, the song is basically about being a sellout. Yeah, <laughs> kind of sort of. And and realistically, I mean, I think listen, the, the Bleach album was great too. Bleach he, is good. He uh, he didn't kill himself. Ah. All right, he was murdered. Oh, Courtney. By Dave Grohl. And if you By read... Dave <laughs> and Pat Smear in the library with the candlestick. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read the suicide Paul note... Paul McCartney was there. <laughs> Saw it all. The suicide note was basically him saying goodbye to the fans, not saying, I'm going to kill myself. The suicide note was saying, the band's going to break up mm. because I'm tired of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. I want to sit at home with my daughter and I want to live my life. And I'm just telling you right now. He and uh, if you've ever seen the documentary Soaked in Bleach, mm-hmm. you'll agree with me. He was murdered. <laughs> he and uh, end of story. Michael Michael murder. Stipe 
were supposed to do like an acoustic album. That would have been phenomenal. That would have been really cool. I, uh, That's another band, REM. If they ever got back together, that'd be a cool show to go see. REM was badass. Dude, yeah. There was a lot of good bands. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying about Foo Fighters, though, is they're still around and they're still making music. And, still, and it's still pretty good. And they're still making rock music. Rock is dead. I'm sorry, guys. Rock is dead. Oh, I could have told you that. <laughs> because <laughs> you're telling nothing me new is coming out, but you have bands that are keeping it alive, but they've been bands for 20, 25 years. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing new coming out under the sun. It's all pop music. It's all hip hop music. And there's nothing wrong with that. Accept it. Move on. Let's go. <laughs> well, I don't turn to the radio for music or, no. or anything commercial, really. Like, you kind of just got to dig for it a little bit. Yeah. There's some good stuff out there. Oh, there's tons of good stuff. You just you got to wade through a lot of shit. <laughs> and when I say rock is dead, I don't mean that people aren't recording rock music nowadays. What I mean is that it's not it's popular. Not, well, it's not It's not what it used to be. So, no. yeah. you know. And it's never going to be. And it never will be. No. So, you know, people can keep hoping, but, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So these guys go. <laughs> That's what green rooms about. <laughs> these guys go and play for these uh, skinheads. They play the Dead Milkman song. Uh, no, Dead, Dead Kennedy. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> there they go, bitchin' Camaro, bitchin' Camaro. And the Nazis are like, "Fuck you! Fuck I don't you, like I don't Camaros. Like <laughs> Foreign cars, <laughs> Mustangs. <laughs> That's a shit's a Chevy. So <laughs> whatever. I drive a Trans Am. It sounds, it sounds Italian." <laughs> <laughs> my car's got t-tops <laughs> but yeah the nazis don't take to the uh song very well they basically no, uh-uh. and they kind of leave the stage in a hurry and they're like hey just get us out of here let's get out the gal let's forgets her phone yeah she forgets her phone in the green room mm-hmm. so homeboy goes back to get it for her meanwhile there's this kind of sub story of this girl and this guy who are gonna leave they're like, fuck these Nazis. Yeah, we're gonna get out. We're we're taking off. But it's not so Have you easy. ever seen the uh movie American History X? Yes, yes, great movie. Oh, so fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh so sad. So sad. Yeah, but so sad. awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's like once you're in, it's it's a gang, mm-hmm. right? Once you're in, it's hard to get out. Yeah. They prove that in this movie. So these people are they're like, we're gonna sneak out. This is our plan. La da 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 da. Someone finds out their plan. Ends up killing the girl. Yep. Stabs her in the head. And dead. Yeah. And uh, there's an argument with some of these guys. Like, they were like, you're supposed to lock the door because, you know, obviously the guy went in there to get the cell phone and he observes it. And it, it created a new scenario where they have to keep everyone there. So, yeah, they see the girl that's dead. They lock the band in because now they're witnesses and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They have to call Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. to help figure out how they're going to handle this situation. Engage. And he says, <laughs> Engage. Number Make two. It so. <laughs> Make it so. Data, come here. Thank you, Mr. Data. Suck on my penis. He uh, did Wesley. <laughs> did you do an epic Wesley face, Crusher? An epic face palm yep. when he got the call on Jesus Christ. Yep. This shit. Wesley. Number one. I have to take a number two. <laughs> Engage. Uh, <laughs> um... They called 911, though, before... I thought this was kind of clever. So the Nazis are like, all right, listen, let's just call the... Like, let's finish this. Call the police back. uh, Have them come down here. And they kind of do a Billy and Stu from Scream where they, like, stage, like, one of the guys got to take a knife. So, like, they're going to stab somebody because the report was that there was a stabbing. So, all right, we need a stabbing victim. Yep. So they bring the cops down there. They kind of 
smooth that over. Be like, we still got this band we got to deal with. Yeah. So Darcy comes and he's like, you know what? Number one, kill him. <laughs> he's like, we're going to kill him. But the band has locked themselves in the green room with one of, one of the bouncers. One of the bouncers. Yeah. And they've kind of subdued him and got his gun. Yeah. And the, these Nazis are no dummies. It's it's all very orchestrated and planned out. Like, Well, especially Patrick Stewart's yeah. character. He's very much the fucking chess man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, Gary Kasparov playing chess against Big Blue. He knows the moves that are <laughs> yeah. going to happen. He's pretty clever. And he even tells the bouncer, like, hey, give them the gun. I want them to feel safe. Like, you guys, it's okay to come out. Like, I just want to end this peacefully. I'm going to even give you the gun so that you feel safe. Yeah. And so dude, come on out. dude opens the door, but the chick, who's the friend of the girl who got killed, is like, it's a trap. And right as that happens, like they attack him, cut at his oh, arm. It's so awful. <laughs> yeah, he it's, drops the gun. Yeah, super grisly. They hack Pat's arm up real bad. But he closes the door. Yeah. yeah. And so, he gets his arm back. The bouncer tries to start some shit, but the, the guitar the yeah, the guitarist or whatever him. Yeah. chokes him out. Mm-hmm. The girl slices his gut. Yep. With the oh yeah, the and his yeah. guts kind of spill out with the with the box cutter. Yeah. Right? They end up finding a, a way out, kind of through, through the, floor. the floor, and it's into like some drug lab. It's like a meth fucking, lab. It's heroin. It's heroin. Breaking Bad type yeah. bullshit going on downstairs, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what this guy Darcy does. Yeah. Like the, the the yeah the the club is kind of a front for drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So just like every club. <laughs> yeah. Uh they go down into the basement and they're going to get their way out of there, but it's locked. Yeah. And they can't find a way out. They uh, go There's a few standoffs yeah, where Yeah, the shit kind of hits the fan. There's a bunch of deaths like they have like they send dogs in yeah. like there's a couple like dog maulings. Oh, they go they rough. they get they, out into the bar. They end up getting out to the bar and then one gets attacked by a dog. The girl the girl They get a shotgun. Yeah. One of one of the Nazis actually turns, yeah, because he was the boyfriend of the girl that got killed. I think, yeah, and the and the and the, and at first he doesn't believe that a Nazi killed her, but the best friend says mm-hmm. this is what happened. This is what happened. So he's so. like, I'm gonna help you guys out. He gets shot in the head right away. Right immediately, away. like as soon as he starts to help him, like he immediately yeah. gets shotgun right in the head. So a few of them die. Uh, the dog attacks the girl, maybe from Arrested Development. Yep, he uh, attacks that another guy. From the band tries to climb out through a window. He gets stabbed mm-hmm. when he climbs out through the window. So yeah. we're just left with Pat and the best friend of the girl who got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Amber. And they're back in the green room. Yeah. And they come up with a plan. Well, and he tells her this, this oh, kind of paint, monologue story. Yeah. About paintball. He had told it earlier in the story and his bandmates were like, they kind of cut him off. They kind of cut him off because they thought he was going crazy or something, but she wanted to hear the rest of it. And, and basically the story was, we went and played paintball and we all were novices and we were playing against a bunch of like green berets, mm-hmm. like Iraqi veterans. And, and it's a true story. Yeah. It's a true story. And they all kicked our asses. So the last round, we just decided, or one of the guys just decided to say, fuck it. And he just charged after him. And he, and he shot him. And he him. did stuff that they didn't expect. Because they were trained in warfare, they knew what to expect mm-hmm. out of warfare. But when you did something that they didn't expect. Yeah, they didn't anticipate. They didn't yeah, they know didn't how to handle react. it. Yeah. And uh, so they won the paintball match. Uh, and how that parallels is like the Nazis know what you're going to do. 
Darcy specifically, like I said, is the chess master. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. So if you can just go fuck it and do exactly what they don't think you're going to do, you're going to win. And so the green room door is opened and the Nazis come in and uh, she, the girl, surprises a guy, kills him Mm -hmm. while another guy is down in the basement going after Pat. Yeah. Yeah, and they like go full like battle mode. Like they, he shaves his head, and like they like get magic marker, and they make like <laughs> war paint on their faces. Yeah, like they're they're, mm-hmm. they're ready to go. And uh, she ends up coming down to the basement and surprising that other guy downstairs. Yeah, and they kill that guy. Like double taps that dude like right in the head. <laughs> and then they, they 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 get the guns. They leave. And they take then, a hostage. Yeah. Yeah. And they go out to the woods. And they see that what Patrick Stewart Darcy has has planned to do is say frame them. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna say yeah they they trespassed on this guy's lawn, and they got killed by dogs. Yep. And so he's got the van out there. He's got uh, maybe and the other guy who got killed, and he's just waiting for the yeah. They're staging the bodies and mm-hmm. kind of getting everything ready. But they come across him. And they got their hostage. The hostage is like I'm gonna go. He agrees to go to the barn house or the farmhouse and call 911 call the police yeah which i thought was very trusting of them was yeah like, let this guy go <laughs> okay yeah he's a nazi i'm sure he's good <laughs> he's, sure he's a man of his word yeah exactly <laughs> patrick stewart is kind of thrown off at this mm-hmm. point and he's just like whatever and he like walks away and they kill him. They shoot yeah, him like, dead. He pulls as, out a gun, as, but they don't even see the gun. Like he's like, I'm going to trick you, and he starts pulling out a gun. Like he's already they, he's already, already dead, before he's dead before he's, before yeah. he hits the ground. Yeah, they they kill the dog handler too. Yep. Um, yeah, they kill they killed some more Nazis on the way, but the big one was the Patrick Stewart death because he wasn't expecting them to have the cojones mm-hmm. to do what they said they were going to do, and and that's kind of mm-hmm. the unexpected thing. And so the girl and the guy. Sit there on the side of the road waiting for the cops to come. Yep. The end. Yeah, and she asks him about his desert island band, and that's and he's like, mm, that's the end. And then Credence. Didn't she say something like, I don't give a fuck or something? Like, <laughs> something like that, yeah. But then like before he even answers, like it rolls the credits, and yeah, it's uh, Credence Clearwater Revival. So I don't know if that's his desert island band or if that's What's the song? I can't remember. I can't remember what song I they see. play. John Fogarty lives in town. It wasn't Bad Moon, really? that's for sure. Yeah. Better run through the jungle. It might have been that one. Born on the bayou. Born on the bayou. Mm. I want to know. Have Have you ever ever seen seen the rain? It was none of those songs. It was none of those songs. (laughs) No. All right. What do you guys think? It was Centerfield from his solo (laughs) album. Put me in (laughs) coach. I'm ready to play. Don't know today. Don't look at me. It was not Centerfield. Um, this is a survival horror film and it's a very realistic survival horror film. It's one of the most scariest things that I can think of is realistic scenarios and neo-Nazi shitheads are real. The situation, especially up in the Northwest, fuck, (laughs) they're up there in, in numbers. Uh, the situation, albeit somewhat far from any situation I would personally ever be in. It's very real type of scenario, and it's something that could happen. Um, I think Anton Yelchin was a great actor. 
mm-hmm. think this was one of his uh, last roles. Yep. And um, I actually liked him in the remake of Fright Night. Agreed. I thought that movie was actually pretty good. Um, obviously, Patrick Stewart, wonderful. Um, also, seeing him play the bad guy was a that, wonderful. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and it was refreshing. The writing and directing was good to great. Um, meaning, I think the directing was probably better than the writing. I think the thing that I don't like about the movie was almost the stupidity that some of the characters portrayed at times. It's like, if you're in front of a bunch of Nazis, don't play an anti-Nazi song. I'm sorry. Like, I know you got a message to... I think they were just trying to be like the it. old, the epitome of punk rock. Like, yeah. It would piss these people Maybe, off the but most. it's still stupid. Yeah. Ill-advised. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as they knew it was a neo-Nazi bar, just leave. Yeah. Like, you don't want to perform there. No. Uh, but I think the movie was really good. It's one of the better movies of that genre that I've seen. And like I said, it's scary because it's realistic. Mm-hmm. Four out of five heads for me. And you want me to go? Um, I really liked the movie. This was the second time that I've seen it, and I agree. The uh, I like the scenario. I felt like it was believable. Uh, I thought all the characters did a great job. So when like Anton Yelchin gets his arm hacked, uh, I thought his like the way he reacted, like he screams, he cries, like yeah. he whimpers, like mm-hmm. you know, like in lots of times in movies when somebody gets a horrible injury, they're like, oh, it's just oh, a flesh wound. Yeah, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Like no, <laughs> he emotes for quite a while, and like I felt like it was very realistic the way he handled it. Yeah. Um, I thought all the performances were good. The the everybody in the band learned how to play their instruments that didn't already know how to play. Oh, okay, um, cool. So they they didn't. Per- I was recorded like in the studio, I'm sure, but like they at least mimed it correctly on mm-hmm. stage, which that was good. Uh, I love seeing Patrick Stewart as a bad guy. I love that the movie's very claustrophobic. Um, you've got you know them kind of barricaded in one room trying to figure out how to get out. Very cat and mouse. Um, I just think it's a very original, simple movie uh, executed very, very well. Um, I like this movie a lot. Um, I gave it four as well. This was the best punk rock movie that isn't necessarily about punk rock. Um. (laughs) Wow, that's kind of a narrow category, isn't it? SLC punk, this. Well, SLC punk is great, but I I really enjoyed this. it, no, what I what I mean by that though is that I love how they took like a punk rock element and put it in a horror movie where it wasn't really about punk rock. It was just about like surviving these you know these Nazis, and um, I thought that it was one of the more uh, suspenseful. And kind of nerve-wracking films I've seen in a while, because Brett, to your point, like it was very it had a realistic tone to it. You know, there there are Nazis, especially up there in the fucking Pacific. <laughs> God, it's the second time you said that. Well, they're up there. I thought there were a bunch of like hippies and no, like. Oh, there's a lot of fucking racist. Like Portland, there's and, a lot of racist shit. Oh, there. there is a yeah, lot of racist stuff going on up there. No, I, especially I up know there. a bunch of hipsters uh, and Nazis. No, uh, there really is up to, there. To Alan's point, Northern uh, California and, and all mm-hmm. you know up there, Oregon. To to yeah. Alan's point, uh, I. My mom's husband, his son, and I um, were talking not that long ago, 
and he lives up in Portland, and he said it's a there's a lot of racism. Because I was like, lot. oh, it's really liberal up there. He well, goes, no, no, it's not. Wasn't Oregon? Was that where that big uh, Nazi compound, or not Nazi, but like there was like was a that big redneck white compound? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 a bunch of nationalists. Yeah. yeah. But it it took assholes. It took something that is very <laughs> fuck off white nationalists. Yeah, if you took, listen to us, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. It took a it took something that's very. If you listen to our show, unsubscribe, please, <laughs> and fuck off. As you were, it took something like very realistic, and it and it made it real, and 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 that's what made it scary. It was just like like fuck, like you know this this probably happened. Like seriously, this probably happened to somebody. You know it did. So it it kind of gave that kind of realistic element to it where it's just like, you know, it, it added that, you know, that extra element of horror to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, aside from that, the performances were great. Um, There's a lot of tension throughout the film. I kind of wish there had been um, a, a little more to the story. As far as uh, some of the characters, um, there wasn't a whole lot of character development, but that's not a big gripe. I yeah. mean, it was great for what it was. Um, I I give it a four as well. Yeah. So Easy by my math. calculations, <laughs> that's um, <laughs> Let me get the abacus out and crunch this. Uh, four. No, it's definitely a really good movie. I, yeah. I want to check out some of his other films. Um, Blue, was it Blue Rain? Blue. No. Uh, oh, fuck, I have it Blue written. something. Blue something. I forgot. Blue Ruin. Blue Ruins. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I want to check out that movie because I heard that that's really good too. And I guess this is part of a unofficial trilogy of his. Oh, okay. Um, oh. So there's the first movie and the second movie and this movie. Trilogy. Um, but this is the second film of the trilogy. I think it's the third. Oh, not sure though. It's Return of the Jedi. It huh? is the third. Um, Murder Party would be the first one. Okay. Um, Bla- uh, Blue, Blue Ruin. Ruin is the second one, and then this would be the third one hey. in, the, in the trilogy. Um, it's it's an unofficial trilogy, meaning that there's nothing that links them as far as characters go. But I think uh, situationally, um, they're linked together. Murder Party is on Netflix. Yeah, I think so. I've, I've tried I can, watching. I can picture it. the artwork. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't seen it. I I, I need to give it, another, give it another chance. Shot. Well, it's one of those things, like Alan says, I always fall asleep during movies, so <laughs> I was tired. Um, I, yeah, so I think this was a good pairing of flicks, uh, both movies you had seen before. Both, I know you wanted to talk about music a little bit. We didn't really get into much uh, film score music talk, but uh, I think that would be a good topic for us to discuss in the upcoming year. new year. I agree. Guys. That would be good. 2020 is right yeah. around the corner. What do we got planned for 2020, gentlemen? Well, we do have, um, kind of on the subject of music, uh, we do have our Swear Wolves uh, score uh, slash soundtrack, whatever you want to call it. it is Music inspired. Yeah, so it's coming out uh, January 10th. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote. Um, Brett wrote all of it. Zero percent of the songs. <laughs> no, so it's Alan. Uh, Alan performed on zero percent of the songs. <laughs> uh, but it is music that uh, you know, as many of you, uh, listeners probably already know. Um, m- me and uh, my kind of musical partner, who is my bandmate, uh, we do the opening music and the closing music for every episode. Um, but we also did kind of a soundtrack that we put together for the podcast. We've been slowly sneaking tracks. Uh, in the background of episodes for the last several months. And if you uh, 
listen to the most, well, let me, this was not the most recent episode, but I heard it and I was like, what the fuck was going on in the background when we were recording? And then I realized it was one of the songs. Somebody snuck in there? <laughs> yeah. It was during the bonus Oh, yes, yes, yes. On what, of on the Shockma episode. Yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. The whole, after the ending music, there's an extra segment and there's some music in the background. Yep. Yeah. So it's all that stuff. Um. I hope you like it. So if you listen to the show and you you like music, it's very uh, John Carpenter slash kind of Trent Reznor inspired inspired stuff. And it's also uh, the titles of the songs. Yeah, all the titles of the songs are references to other horror uh, horror films or I and think, stuff we've discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of it has a connection to the show, right? Yeah. But there's no, it's all instrumental, so there's no vocals or lyrics. I will be uh, writing lyrics <laughs> and providing vocals. You want to know something funny though? When I submitted, yeah. when I submitted all the tracks, um, it came back. So I, you have to submit everything for review, and it came back that I had to mark one of the tracks as explicit lyrics, which I found hilarious because there are no lyrics on the entire album, and I even explained that, but I had to mark it that way anyway because uh-huh. one of the songs is called "Welcome to Prime Time." Bitch, oh. because it has the word bitch. But what's weird is we also have a track on the album called uh, First Goddamn Week of Winter. That one was okay. Goddamn oh. is okay to say. Goddamn's okay, but bitch isn't apparently. Mm. So, so there you go. Oh, because all these bitches hate it. <laughs> yeah. All these bitches and all these hoes. Well, if someone wants to find that album, what would be the best way to find that album? Uh, you can... It, or to contact us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to find the album, um, if you use Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, Amazon Music, basically any streaming site, um, you can either search under the Swear Wolves, it'll show up there, uh, or you can look under uh, Aaron Moya, who is my musical partner. So you can look under Aaron Moya and David Thompson. That's me. Um, and it's there. Um, and Actually, there's a, like another album, too, that's in there, too, if you're interested um, or just Google it. I'm sure you'll find it. And that comes out <laughs> January 10th. January 10th. And uh, as far as us, the podcast, uh, you can reach us a bunch of different ways. We're on all major social media. So we're on Twitter, um, Facebook, YouTube, and the Slasher app. And we are the Swearwolves on all of those. If you go to Instagram, you can find us under the Swearwolves podcast. You can go to our website, theswearwolves.com. Uh, or you can email us directly at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. So for the swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Happy New Year, bitches. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's explicit. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy goddamn. fucking goddamn. <laughs> Goddamn's okay. Oh, yeah. Happy goddamn, Happy goddamn, goddamn New Year, New Year. <laughs> bitches. <laughs>
you want to get really pissed off look at uh rolling stone magazine or dot com or whatever's top 100 guitarists of all time and you'll get fucking pissed because the people that they have on that list you're like they have jack white no yeah they do have jack white on the list they have bruce springsteen it's good they have bruce springsteen as the one of the top 100 guitarists yeah, of all time. That's bullshit. Melissa Etheridge. I'm not taking away from the talent that those people have. Come to my window. We by the light of the moon. She's talking to Lou Diamond Phillips' wife. It's bad. Well, and, and then like who they have like close to somebody who's really good. And okay. Yeah, it's like Eddie Van Halen. Melissa Eddie Van Etheridge, Halen's, and you're like, what? And 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 get this. <laughs> and you know, Eddie Van Halen, some people might say he's overrated or whatever. Steve Vai, Billy Joe Armstrong. You're like, <laughs> what? Billy Joe Armstrong's not on the list. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray. And the guy from Three Doors Down. 